Thank you for listening to the Forefront Church Podcast. We are a gospel-driven church in Southwest Denver. Our focus is to help people find their way back to God. We do this through loving God, loving others, so that we can change the world. This show is hosted by Drew Tarwater, and I'm Rob Lazzi. Drew, how you doing? Rob, I'm fantastic. How you doing, man? I, you know what? Just trying to stay warm here in Denver. I hear you, man. It's been single digits. <sighs> you're not okay. You're from you're from the Midwest. Yeah, so I'm from a place with a ton of humidity. Okay, but in the winter, it's freezing. Yeah, it just like the the chill just hangs in the air. It just cuts right through you. Like I used to work in morning radio. I'd wake up, and get out, get out, and be like three three thirty in the oh, morning man. this time of year. It was like getting punched in the lungs. <laughs> like <gasps> it just hurts. Oh yeah, it just hurts, man. Yeah. At least the sun here in Colorado comes out, warms it up, makes it, it does. Nice. Yeah. The, the Colorado winters really aren't all that bad compared to like Midwest winters. Right, right. I would take the Colorado Den- or the Denver winter. I'll clarify yeah. that. Yeah. You people up in the mountains getting like three feet of snow. Yeah, it's a different story. Unless you're, unless you're out skiing or snowshoeing and then you're, you're loving it. You're crazy. So I used to coach high school basketball, yeah. okay? And I think we were up in, is it Gilpin County up there? Sounds right. And so it's up in the mountains and they actually have it on their court right in front of the visitor's bench elevation like 9,000 or 8,500 feet. Wow. Like they want you to know yeah, that you're a psychological to, game. Yeah. And so we get up there and it was, it was about this time of year, but it was a warmer day. Yeah. And just snow packed everywhere. And I just, I, so the maintenance guy lets us in the building. I go, look, I just got to ask. I go, I moved here from North Carolina. Like a dusting of snow out there cancels everything. I go, how For much, sure. how much snow do you guys need out here to cancel? And he's like, Oh, two to three. I'm like, that's it. He's like, Oh, feet. <laughs> I was like, like people will get around in a foot of snow or two feet of snow out here. They're professionals up there, man. Yeah, they are. He's like, oh yeah. He's like, everyone's got a truck up they here. They got a truck or a snowmobile, right? Right. They can get around. Oh, yeah. Unreal. Yeah, it's like when you walk out of the visitor locker room at Bronco Stadium. They've got you know Mile High Stadium, fifty-two eighty. Oh, it's yeah. all a mind game. It is. I've had it messed with some of my players though. It did. Oh, I bet so. And we're playing it like we practice at fifty-two hundred. It's not right. Like, but, but, but yeah, over 9,000, that's a different story. Oh, man. Yeah, I think it was 8,500. Yeah. I'd have to look it up. But that's it was, incredible. They put it in the court right in front of the visitor bench. I'm like, yeah. like well played, guys. Well played. <laughs> well played. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Rob, it's good to be with you, man. It How is. many days between now and the wedding? About 90 days. 90 days. All right, man. So, yeah. It's coming quick. I can't wait. Yeah, it's exciting. I would have had it like three months ago if it was up to me. <laughs> yeah, you got to wait for the boss to tell you to yeah, right. go time, right? Right. <laughs> Love you. Oh, man, that's right. Yeah, yeah. We love you, Sam. Absolutely. Well, man, hey, it's good to get together again and and get to dive in on some fun topics. Yeah. You know, our our goal really, Rob, as we do this podcast, is to meet people where they are. Yeah. You know, and and that's really our purpose, to help, help, you know, as Christians, people to grow in their faith. Um, and so we're tackling some of the some of the most common questions that people have asked, some yeah. of the most difficult questions that people ask, you know, and just trying to keep our attention on why we do what we do, yeah. why we believe what we, we believe. No, I'm excited. I got questions for you, too, when we get this going. Yeah, man. Well, you know, we're, we're not, you know, we're, we're crazy. We're less than two months away from Easter, right? Is it really just yeah, that far? Less than two months from Easter. And one of the things that I always notice, I don't know if you've noticed this, around Easter time, is especially, I'm like a History Channel nerd, oh, like yeah. Discovery Channel nerd, like Nat Geo. Oh, oh, man, I yeah, can, like, you're speaking live, my love language. Yeah, I can live on those shows, on those channels. And it seems like you get a, a month out from Easter, so here in just a few weeks, we're going to start seeing that, um, especially History Channel, they start bringing out all these shows, and they say, we found a new book of the Bible. Oh, it's the Gospel of Judas. Yeah. Or the Gospel of Thomas, or Mary Magdalene, or just, you know, the Gospel of Rob Blousey. Right? Everything on History Channel is accurate. Yes, yeah, believe everything you hear, right? Everything. <laughs> like, my favorite show on History Channel, and Samantha will vouch for this, 
Ancient Aliens. Ancient Aliens, yeah. Yeah, take that as gospel truth, oh, right? You know my favorite thing about that show What's is that? A, a completely derailing what you want to talk about, I know. But it's <laughs> That's like, usually how this goes. It does. I'm a spiritual <laughs> gift. So, but it's, the, uh, it's like they'll have this whole thing of how this amazing thing happened in ancient history. Yeah. And they go, and the only way they could have done this is with ancient alien help. Yeah, that's it. It's yeah. like that's their go-to with like, like you explain how this, all this, and your only answer for it is they had extraterrestrial help from a, te- you know, a technology source smarter than they Not are. Not a whole lot of brainstorming on that and one. you're just going, like, <laughs> and you think the Bible takes some leap of logic. Right, and, exactly. you, and And you're believing this wholeheartedly? Yeah. I just go, it's to me, it's like scouting the other team. It's like, this is what they're saying. Yep. This is, this is their line of evidence. Yeah. But then if they, if they think of verse in the Bible, it goes, well, it really doesn't fit exactly what they're mm. saying. So the whole thing must be bad. Right. And you're going, wait, wait, you just believe in aliens because yeah. you keep on something that can't be explained. Exactly. Yeah. I, and with no real evidence of it. Yeah. And so yeah. you're just going, come on, man. Yeah. It's it, it, the canned standard answer, right? This amazing thing happened. We're going to say aliens did it. I know, right? <laughs> Am I allowed to ask you if aliens exist? Is that you a pastor can. question? Yeah, you can ask me at the very end. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally a good pastor. You know, it's in the Bible. It right? is. Yeah, it's in Le- uh, Leviticus 8. Really? Not, not really. It's not oh, right. I thought we were looking up. <laughs> glad you saved me Yeah, sometime. man. No, we'll, we'll save that one for the, the, the question uh, mailbag. Oh, yeah, on, yeah, right? yeah. Right? Yeah. Or we have an anonymous letter yeah. from someone, Rob. Yeah, some guy named Rob B. Right? Yeah. But, you know, I think it's just a fun topic to talk about because sometimes, you know, I, I think I know I've asked this question before, and I know that I've had others ask this question too, is how did we get our Bible? Okay. And then, especially when you see History Channel, Nat Geo, Discovery Channel say, hey, we found this new book of the Bible oh, yeah. written by Judas Iscariot, right? How did this not get put into the, how, how the Bible? How, why didn't it make the cut? Right. Why didn't this not make the cut? And then what makes the cut? Right. Because you know, that raises a lot of questions. And, and some people who are skeptical about the Bible already will use that as ammo. Oh, yeah. To say, well... How do you know there's not other books out there? Correct. So I, I think it's a fun topic. You know, how do we get our Bible? And there's a, a, a word we're going to throw around a little bit today called the canon. The canon. The canon we're, of Scripture. And to, so to find the canon. Yeah. So the, the canon is used to describe the books that are divinely inspired and belong in the Bible. Okay. And so you'll hear um, the the canon referred to as the Old Testament canon, the New Testament canon, or just the canon. Right? Okay. Um, and so when you think about the canon, or you think about our Bible. What we're talking about, especially, you know, Forefront Church is a non-denominational church with mm-hmm. Baptist roots, so we're an evangelical church. Okay. So what we'll say is, you know, our Bible, you know, the, the, the typical Bible that you're, gonna, that you're going to find at Lifeway or a Mardell, something like that, mm-hmm. it's going to be contain 66 books, right, mm-hmm. Old Testament and New. So 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 books in the New Testament. So you have these 66 books. And as we talked about a few podcasts ago about can I trust the Bible? Yeah. The coolest thing is that, you know, you, you got 66 books that really kind of occurred over 4,000 years of human history, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of written over the course of 1,400 years. Weren't there about three different languages they were yeah, originally written in? Exactly. You know, you've got it written in three different languages and up to, you know, there's some debate on some of the books, right? Yeah. On exactly was it, you know, exactly who the author was. Mm-hmm. Um, but as many as 40 different authors. And so you got cultures, backgrounds, writing styles. Oh, yeah. All telling one story, which is incredible. Yep. It's, it's incredible. And, and so you have to wonder, okay, how do we take books that are written over the course of, say, 1,400 years? Okay. Right? Yeah. That tell the story of mankind from Genesis 1 
to Revelation 22, and how do we bring them into one book? And how did we get that book nicely delivered, printed with nice gold film on the outside of our right. of our books? You know, like how did all that that makes it the whole how did all part. that happen? So what? So this word canon, another word is you know this assembly process is canonization. Okay. So canonization is the identification of writings that were auth, you know authoritative for the church because we believe that God inspired them. Okay. So when you think about why do we have what we have in the Bible? You'll hear other people say, well, what about, say, if you have any buddies that are Catholic? They have a few if, extra books. They have in a few book. extra books. They have the Apocrypha, okay. which takes, which basically is a, um, a middle section between the Old Testament and the New Testament okay. that, that they'll include that the Protestant church, especially evangelical churches, won't include. Okay. Right? So the Protestant Bible, which is what we would, which, which each of us carry in our, you know, in our pockets, in our book bags or on our phones, mm-hmm. you version, is going gonna, is gonna to not include the, include the Apocrypha. And so the difference is we are, as the church, looking to say what was inspired by God. You know, and we hang our hat on Second well, Timothy three sixteen, right? That all Scripture is God breathed. Yeah, but how do they define God breathed in like all Scripture? We're like, what did Timothy know when he was writing? What was considered God breathed to him versus what we consider God breathed today? Yeah, right. So what 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 they do is when they look at um, when they look at a particular book of the Bible, there are certain criteria that it has to meet, right? Okay. And if it meets that criteria, uh, then it, it it is included. And uh, to be at that time, it was included to be considered to be in the canon. And what they say is they believe that uh, that anything that had made it into the canon was God breathed, was inspired by God. And so mm-hmm. they have these very strict requirements. So we'll kind of jump into those. Okay. those. Those are kind of fun. Um, but, you know, there's been a lot of debate over this and specifically what some um, combatants of of the authority of scripture will say was that people really didn't know the church really didn't know what book should be in. Mm -hmm. They didn't even know what to believe about Jesus until the council of Nicaea in 325 AD. So there's that kind of myth that's out there, which isn't true at all. Um, So, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, But what is really cool is that you have what I believe. And, and, you know, I think you'll, you'll find that, that Bible scholars believe is that you have 66 books mm-hmm. written by 40 different authors on three continents yeah. spanning the course of, you know, 1400 years that tell the same story. Right. And so the only explanation for that, see previous podcasts, <laughs> can I trust the Bible is that it's inspired. Right. It was pretty interesting too. I read God. something where even like the creed right. was being recited within years of the resurrection. Right. So if you look at 1 Corinthians 15, you'll see that Paul recites a creed of the early church. Yeah. And they think, uh, most Bible scholars will say 1 Corinthians 15, or 1 Corinthians the book, Paul wrote that letter, maybe 12 to 15 years after Jesus died and rose from the grave. And the New Testament's not in chronological order. Correct, correct. So yeah, I- exactly. We, I you think know. we talked about that in the... Yeah, Can so yeah, you've got the four Gospels that open up, and then you've got, actually, Paul's books written in order from longest to shortest. Okay. And then you'll, you'll funnel into you know, Hebrew and James and Peter, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and Revelation. Okay. And you've got a book in there by, um, by Jude. And, and by, you know, and so the, um, it definitely not in chronological order. Okay. So yeah, take note. And what's funny is 
the way our Old Testament, is, our Protestant Bibles is ordered is different than the way the Hebrew Bible would order them. Okay. Second Chronicles is actually the last book in the Hebrew Bible, whereas Second Chronicles is right in the middle. Um, Why is the difference? Well, and they, what they did was is they tried to, or, you know, to order the Protestant Bible orders the Hebrew Bible by liter, literature type. So you'll have oh, the Pentateuch, okay. right? The law. Then you'll have some narrative. You know, you've got Joshua, Judges, and you've got you know Samuel and, and Kings and Chronicles. Yep. And then you've got the major prophets and the minor prophets. And so that's the really the why ours is ordered differently. Okay. Whereas the Hebrew Bible, if you talk to a Jewish buddy, they would have it ordered differently. They try to keep their chronologically. Okay. Which is pretty interesting. Huh. Yeah, so so it, you know it's it's pretty fun. It's kind of a you know I love the nerd out, nerd out on this stuff. <laughs> you know to kind of talk about it. Um, but let me let me give you the criteria that they used okay. when they try to determine the canon. Okay, so and, and a lot of people again will say, well, this didn't come till till years later, but that's not really true. There was a universal acceptance of the majority of the books that we have in our New Testament, mm-hmm. and let's really focus more on the New Testament first. Yeah, there was a really kind of a universal acceptance of these books within the first couple centuries. And so you had early church fathers who were referencing these letters. And mm-hmm. so you've got the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, written anywhere from, say, the mid-40s to, the, you know, to, to early 60s, depending upon the, you know, what yeah. view the Bible scholar has. So within 30 years of Jesus' death and resurrection, you've got these Gospels of his life being written, these mm-hmm. accounts. Those are dispersed amongst the churches in Jerusalem and Asia Minor in all of these areas that are close by. Yep. And then you have Paul's letters, right? First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, Romans, right? On yep. down the line. And so these letters would be copied and passed to other churches. And so we have really good authority from many church leaders who were living in first, second, third centuries, late first, but you know, second, yeah. third centuries, into the fourth century, of course, that are saying, hey, these are the letters that we have. And so this canon began to come. It wasn't some really old sage somewhere in 325 <laughs> AD that said, let's put all these together. You know, this came together over time. And here's what they were looking to see. Okay. Um, the, the first canon, which is they call the moratorian canon, kind of a, uh, a interesting sounds, name. Sounds it was compiled in AD 170. Okay. And so the moratorian canon included all the New Testament books except for Hebrews, James, 1st and 2nd Peter, and 3rd John. Okay. Why, why were those? Yeah, it's, it, there was just some debate early on yeah. about, you know, could we verify the authors? Okay. Which, which you know, there was a lot to be said in the early centuries and the early church fathers that said that those books should be included mm-hmm. and had been vastly uh, circulated amongst early church, uh, the churches in the early church. Uh, but, you know, the, the, you know but we don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. A lot of people will say it was, it was uh, Paul. Yeah. You know, other people will say it was Apollos, right? And so there's some some debate on that. Mm-hmm. So there was some hesitation on that first canon to enter that one. Um, first and second Peter, the only hesitation there is Peter uses some different Greek words and writing style in second Peter than first Peter. Um, but we see, you know, there's pretty good uh, authority that says that Peter used the scribe to write first Peter. Mm-hmm. So he dictated, like if I was telling you, yeah. and you wrote it down and he wrote second Peter on his own. So that completely makes sense. You know? Okay. If you wrote something that I told you, and then I wrote the same thing, it would sound differently. Absolutely. It would. You would use different words, and uh, and so there's just a little bit of, of some of that was going on. Uh, but by um, three sixty three A D. in the Council of Laodicea, you know they um, they uh, um, stated that only the Old Testament 
and then they allowed one book of the Apocrypha and 26 books in the New Testament, everything but Revelation was canonical, mm -hmm. right? Okay. And so you, you see they had solved all that within a couple hundred years, right? Yeah. That it all kind of brought together. But, but really, here's what, they, here's what they, um, they wanted to know, right? Here's the basic four questions. So when they sat down and said, what, what makes a New Testament book inspired by God? Second Peter 3.16, right? God breathed. Yep. The first question was this. Was the author an apostle to have a close connection? Or was the author an apostle, right? Yep. So was it, was it John? Was it, you know, somebody, a direct somebody that connection. had a direct connection with, you know, was it Peter? Somebody that walked with Jesus, that okay. spent time with Jesus. Okay, so that's one of, the, one of the, um, the qualifications. Or was the author somebody who had a close connection with the apostle, yep. right? So the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark, John Mark was really close with Peter. So John Mark was Peter's traveling companion. Yeah. And you, you learn about John Mark actually traveled with Paul in the book of Acts and his missionary journeys. So you have this really cool relationship between Peter and Mark, right? Yep. And so then Peter basically tells Mark, you know, everything he knows about Jesus. And under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, then Mark writes the gospel of Mark. Hmm. So that would then be a canonical book, right? Okay. Uh, the book of Luke, right? So the gospel of Luke or Who's Acts. It? Yep. He was a physician. Correct. He was also Paul's good buddy. Okay. So he was a traveling companion with Paul. And when Paul was in prison, Luke was with him. Okay. Right? Luke was attending to him. So everything Luke got was, of course, inspired by the Holy Spirit, but also he was connected to Paul. And so Luke received all of Paul's stories. And if you read Acts and the book of Luke, Luke was not just a physician. He was a great historian yep. and did his research. Right. Um, and so then you, so you, those can make sense. Leave a uh, math book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew. That was Levi, the, uh, the apostle, yep. right? You got John, the apostle. So it just kind of makes sense. So then you ask about books like Jude mm -hmm. and James, right? Well, Jude and James were Jesus' half brothers. So they had connection with Jesus. I don't know about you, but that's a pretty good connection. That's a pretty solid connection. <laughs> pretty solid. So that's really the first question, right? Was the author an apostle or did they have a close connection with the apostle or with Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. Second question was, is the book being accepted by the body of Christ at large? And this was really important. Yeah. This is why when they got together in those later councils, the Council of Laodicea, uh, the Council of Hippo in AD 393, and the Council of Carthage in AD 397, and they're just affirming what needs to go in the Bible, and that's before they started bringing it all together in one book. Right? Yeah. That is about the time they're really kind of packaging it in some beautiful package with a shrink wrap <laughs> and a nice bookstore. Right. right? Yeah. Um, what they were wanting to say is, how did the church look at this? Mm -hmm. And so they went back and they read the early church fathers, guys like Justin Martyr, guys like uh, um, Origen, these guys in the first couple centuries, and they see that these guys were referring to all of these letters. So these letters weren't something that were written hundreds of years later. These were written 15 to 30 years within Jesus' lifetime. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's some, data, some debate about Revelation. So th how did the early church look at these, right? The third question was, did the book contain consistency of doctrine and orthodox teaching? That's Maybe, a big one there. That's a big one. You know, and that is why we run into issues when these new books of the Bible are discovered magically by the History Channel. Yeah, the Book of Judas, yeah. the Book of Mary Magdalene. Right, because, you know, the, the Book of Thomas, the Gospel of Thomas. That's the one that's got the Mary yeah, Magdalene story. Right, so, because these, these things completely contradict everything we read in the, in the four Gospels that we have in our New Testament. Mm -hmm. They contradict, contradict everything Paul said. You know, they give us a picture of a very different Jesus mm -hmm. than we see in any of the epistles, any of the Gospels. And so that's important. Does the book, if it's going to be canon, 
consist of doctrine and orthodox teaching? And the fourth question is this. Did the book bear evidence of high moral and spiritual values that would reflect a work of the Holy Spirit? So that's important, right? Yeah. Is, is this something that is calling us to, you know, to who Jesus was, to why he came, to, to what our response is to how we should live? Yeah. So it's crucial to remember that the church did not determine the canon. No early church council really decided on the canon. It was God that decided the canon and God alone, which mm-hmm. is so amazing. And so, you know, God, and, and I, I love, you know, I, I love what uh, N.T. Wright says. You know, people will, will, will ask him this question. He says, God has given us the book that he wants to give us, you know. Because yeah. if, you'll, if you'll look in some of the writings, you'll see that um, Paul, you know, mentions writing another letter. And so was, you know, and so we think that maybe um, the book we have as Second Corinthians might actually be Third Corinthians, right? So we don't maybe have that letter. Okay. We weren't supposed to have that letter. Right, so we have to view these things. If this is God's inspired word to us, then we have exactly what the we Bible need. that God wanted us to have. And like Paul says in Second Timothy three sixteen, the Bible is God breathed, yeah. right? And it has the ability to rebuke, reprove, and correct us, and to train us in righteousness, so that the man of God or woman of God may be complete. And equipped, so God gives exactly what we needed to be complete and equipped to live out the life of faith. So we know that God gave us exactly what He wanted to give us. That's pretty amazing when you think about that too. And some of the the standards too of not only like they basically did the stories line up. Right. So you have like twenty seven different books by how many new different authors in the New Testament about. Yeah, you know, so Paul wrote about half, okay, about half the New Testament. If you if you bring in all of the epistles, like yeah. Romans and first, you know, second. Corinthians, First, Second Thessalonians, yeah. and you know the the uh, pastoral letters, um, but you know if you if you bring in you know just bring in the fact that you have um, you have multiple apostles that yeah. have written letters, right? Yeah, you got his brothers, who by the way, I don't know if you if you're any of your siblings um, would would believe that you were God if you lived a perfect life. I don't think so. Oh. Um, you know, our, our, my sister would look at me and go, "Don't listen to a word that guy says," <laughs> right? My brother does it to me yeah. now. <laughs> But they saw Jesus rise from the grave. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, okay. That validates everything for me. Yeah. And so you've got apostles. You've got people that were traveling companions of the apostles. You've got Jesus' half brothers, you know, that bring up this amazing story, this amazing New Testament that tells the exact same story. And what I think the you know the 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 beauty of it is, is each book complements each other, mm-hmm. and so they're just different enough that you can tell that the Holy Spirit when he when he inspired these writings, mm-hmm. that he let them use their own personality and their own viewpoint from where they were in the story to add color yeah. and, and, and to complement each other. Well, absolutely. Like if we, if we told two different stories, but told it the exact same way, yeah. people would look at us like we just copied each other's right. work. If you and I were outside right now, we saw a wreck and we talked to the police, we'd tell it two different ways because yeah. we saw it differently. The story would be the same, but our way we would tell it would be different. You're right. If we told the exact same story, the cops would go, what's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like, one of you guys look really suspect. Right, right. And I'm like, yep, his name's Rob. Hey, no, it's the guy without hair. <laughs> <laughs> so but I just think this is fun, you know, especially as, the, the, you know, the, the more material we have in our hands, the more access that people have to, um, to content, the more questions we're going to ask, can we trust the Bible, right? Yeah. How do we get the Bible? Yeah. Who decided who put books in the Bible? Yeah. You know, and there's so much out there. So I think it's important as Christians, if we're going to live our faith well, that we really understand how all this came together. Absolutely. So what would you tell someone who 
wants to watch those specials like on History Channel, Nat Geo, Discovery, like we're like the new book of Jesus. Yeah. What would you tell us? Like, uh, like I enjoy watching them almost. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can, I, I would say, Hey, if, you know, if you're kind of a, if, if you enjoy history, if you are um, maybe somewhat of a, of a Bible nerd. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead and watch them. If you feel like you're strong enough in your faith and you can objectively, you know, objectively watch those shows and know that it's just entertainment. Yeah. That, you know, that, that, that's all that truly is. And, and where it's not going to shake your faith. If you find that you may not be strong enough in your faith yet, I'd probably say, turn it off DVR or yeah, DVR <laughs> and watch it with a buddy yeah. that you feel is pretty strong in their faith. And that way, when you can hit pause and ask questions and you can get good answers to these questions, because I think one thing we want to do as Christians is allow anytime we have a doubt or a question, don't allow that to shake us rather allow that to drive us deeper, you know? And so I think, you know, Hey, it's all about relationships. So let's do this together. Mm-hmm. So I'd say, don't not watch it. I'd say the same thing if you said, hey, I want to read the book called The Shack, right? Millions of people have read this book. Okay. People love the book, The Shack, right? They even I, made a movie out of it. I'm sure you've read it a hundred times. I have no idea what you're talking <laughs> about, actually. But there's another popular book. There's this book called The Shack. Um, same same way. If you are strong in your faith, I think you can read it. You can enjoy it. If you're very new in the faith, I think you need to read it with a Christian friend who can okay. help you answer the questions that are going to come up. Okay. Makes sense. Because a, a fictional book is very different than what we had that's God-inspired. Correct. And so I think when you watch a good show on History Channel, it's a fictional It's a fictional story. Yeah. It's for entertainment. It's kind of like the uh, Dan Brown series. Right. Yeah, exactly. Angels and Demons. Yep, Jesus never got married. Jesus never had a kid. You know, like, yeah. don't watch it and laugh and enjoy and get caught up in the story. And then when it's over, say, that's it. You know, and it's get a back story. to the truth. Yeah, it's just a story. Yeah, yeah. It's funny where well, there's a historian that was watching it and he's, or he read the book and he's he made a comment in his podcast. It was a uh, John Dixon, the Australian guy. Yeah. I keep telling you about. Yeah, he's like he was actually really disappointed. A lot of historians when they read it, they were expecting more real history. Right. And, but right. there really wasn't much real history yeah. in it at all. No verifiable fact at all. You know, from these guys, you know, yeah. the smart historians, the people I rely on. Exactly. So Exactly. It's a great question, though. You know, don't not enjoy content. Just make sure that you're solid or you're with somebody who's solid as you enjoy that content. What I found is helpful with those, especially like when the Dan Brown stuff with, uh, yeah. what was the one that, it wasn't Angels and Demons. The no, other. it was the... There's one before that, wasn't Correct. I'm just oh, thinking... Oh, the Da Vinci Code. Da Vinci Code. Yes. What what I found was great with those, and then even like these other shows on History Channel, what it does, there's a lot of people out there that aren't Christians, that don't claim Christ, or but are curious about Christ. Right. And they're the ones watching these. Yep. And as a basketball coach, I'm also one of those guys that I like seeing what the other team's watching, the scouting That's reports. True. Yeah. So when they bring it up, you have a resource to go, oh, I saw that too. I enjoyed watching yeah. that as well. Or... It's it, it opens up a conversation where then you can go, hey, if you really enjoy that, you may like Case for Christ. Yeah, right. Or something like opens the door for a conversation. Yeah, because I'm a, I'm a big fan of knowing knowing what the other team is saying it's and true. thinking. Right. So then you're ready for like because yeah. it also says I I never remember the verse, but like have a good answer right. when someone brings First one to Peter. you. Yeah, you know, chapter three. Yeah, be prepared to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. Yes. Right. So that's one of those where if people have questions about it, I always like I'll gladly look stuff up yeah. for it. Yeah. You know, or point in a direction right. where, where, where I see information that, you know, where how it stacks up to with the information you have. And let's hold each other to the same accountable standard of, of information. Is, 
you know, don't make me run a mile while you're running a, you know, a hundred meter dash. Right. And you know, those, while some of those, like you mentioned, Dan Brown's books or those movies, while they're not historically accurate, um, they can serve their purpose. Like you mentioned, because it does allow an open door conversation for you as a Christian to then talk to your buddy and say, Hey, what do you think about that? Yeah. And, you know, and it can get you into a conversation of faith. Yeah. It's one of those yeah. where people are like, I don't know how to bring it up. It's actually, there's a lot of interesting, yeah. fun ways where yeah. it's already out there in culture exactly. and society. And yeah. Most people want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. How do you talk about your faith? Hit one of those cultural items. Hey, did you see on history channel yesterday? Ask him about Kanye West. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. By the way, out that album's pretty good. It's, I, I was at a scouting a basketball game earlier yeah. this year at a Christian school. And I'm sitting there next to another coach. I go, do you ever think you'd hear a Kanye West song? Yeah. You know, at halftime of a game at a Christian, Christian school. school. Yeah. Like, Never. <laughs> That's so cool, man. Hey, you had one more question about aliens. Yeah. Right? Okay. So then this is a big question. Do you believe in aliens? Like hey, extraterrestrials, ETs, yeah, aliens. I can't wait to answer that question on the next podcast. Oh, you're killing oh, me, bro. Yeah, you're man. killing me. Rob, this is fun, though. Hey, if you guys find yourself in Southwest Denver, we'd love to see you at Forefront Church. For more info, check us out at ForefrontChurch.tv. Thanks for joining us here on the Forefront Church podcast. Jesus, be big in our lives, in our church, and in our world. God bless. What about the X-Files? What about... Uh, I love... Okay, I'm, dude, I'm a that? Fox Mulder kind of guy. Okay. Yeah, I'm totally pro X-Files.